0: Hey listeners, on this week's episode, our theme is generations. Kayla's talking with the father daughter combo of Ty and Bree Cowan. The Cowan family fundamentally changed the barrel racing game through their world famous stud, Sunfrost. With Sister and Haley Kinzel putting on a fireworks show in Arlington at the 2020 NFR, we wanted to get down to the roots of where Sister and other incredible horses going down the road came from. Sunfrost is a legendary sire of sires, with two of his sons, Frenchman's Guy and PC Frenchman's Heyday, being industry legends themselves. The accolades of Sunfrost go on and on. Be sure to go on the Money Barrel's Facebook and Instagram to see what we have planned going into 2021. If you like what we're doing, give us a like and a share. As we rapidly approach the 50,000 download mark, now is a great time to get your stud, program, or growing business in front of thousands of listeners a week. Reach out to us at themoneybarrel at gmail.com, and we will get you set up. themoneybarrel at gmail.com. All right, Cowan family, you're in the hot seat. This is The Money Barrel.
1: all right well we'll just get going um you know last last week we all got to see sister and Haley dominate at the nfr and it got me thinking that i wanted to be able to share the story um of really where her whole story started going all the way back to sun frost so today we have brie and ty cowan here from t4 quarter horses and their family is the reason that all of us that are riding sun frost grandsons and granddaughters and great grand get now um get to have some success so thank you both for joining me today yeah thank you for having us kayla and uh i guess we'll just we'll just get started um ty i i know you Mike, you've been a part of it since the very beginning. So, can you just start us um, and fill us in a little bit about T four quarter horses and the history on you guys? Yeah,
2: uh, Kayla. Basically, um, the T four the T four quarter horses has been going on uh, roughly since the uh, late seventies, mid seventies, and uh, the broodmare side of things was a neighbor by the name of stanley johnston and uh anyways was who bred and, and uh, had the sun frost the dox jack frost and and had certainly bred sun frost and prior prior to sun frost i think it's interesting that uh part of the story is that uh there were three full brothers to him uh, before he came along that we rodeoed on and ranched on and done stuff that were just terrifically, uh, diversified horses. They had a lot of run to them. They had a lot of cow to them. Um, and you know, basically what my dad, Pat was looking for is he was looking for a horse that had enough stature and enough mind to, to be very diversified. And, um, those brothers uh, the first of them, w- which certainly started the, the whole bloodline uh, deal, was a horse by the name of Run and Gun, and, uh, uh, which he was by Jack Frost and then out of out of Prissy Klein, who was an own daughter of Driftwood Ike. Um, and he, he had come, and we had used that horse for, uh, you know, in the same state high school rodeo. We cut off of him. My sister Shannon cut off of him. Uh, we roped calves off of him. We 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 held steers off of him, and they tied goats off of him. And uh, uh, you know, I look back now, Kayla, and and uh, you know that was a, that was a phenomenal horse 30 years ago, and without a doubt in my mind, he would be a phenomenal horse today. It, which is interesting when you look at uh, all of that. the 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 other horse, the other two horses. Uh, were Gildans and all, all three Gildans, um, Okay, that, uh, uh, you know, you, you look at, you look at uh, uh, the difference on what makes them horses, you know, particularly the Sunfrost line, uh, what, what makes that different? What, what makes it happen more than once? And uh, what makes it, uh, in my opinion, extremely predictable under the right management And it is is without a doubt the athleticism and being able to think as fast as they can move. And, um, you know, and and that's one thing without a doubt that uh, the brothers brought to the table a tremendous amount of foot speed and uh, a a tremendous amount of ability to, to think uh, at a very, at a very high rate of speed. And, and, you know, and to me that's, You know, that's the key to the game to where you've got to have something, uh, you know, that's strong enough to go rope on or ranch on and fast enough to run barrels and have the mind that they can do, you know, that they can do it all. And, um, you know, the, the Stanley Johnston... Broodmare Band is, uh, you know, was, in my opinion, you know, one of the most powerful set of mares that, that uh, you know, that I've seen yet to do to today. And it's definitely a huge part of what we base our program on is um, having those mares, that, you know, that are, are statured the right way. And, and uh, you know, the, the, their percentage of predictability is very, very high. And that has definitely flowed over into this gene pool with, with um, you know, with the Sunfrost line.
1: Absolutely. So were you looking for a stud prospect when you came across Sunfrost because you liked the brothers? Or did you just happen to stumble upon another full sibling?
2: No, it, it uh, understand this, my dad uh, definitely, definitely understood New Prissy Klein and uh uh you know the the full brothers that uh you know when we were doing that, Kayla, he really didn't have that many brood mares. We had a few, but nothing like you know came in the very near future after uh those gildings showed up, and uh the gildings were were definitely the front runners, and when Sunfrost showed up, he was you know his timing was very good because at that time uh dad was definitely looking for a place to start and part of that was to start with uh the orphan drift uh boy uh john red mares which are all all uh horses that were very native to our country and and uh, uh Stanley Johnston had the orphan drift horse uh, uh, you know and Clarence Berry had uh the John Red horse and then my dad and Tex Fulton who would be Brian Fulton's dad ended up with the Boy horse and uh which he is tied uh very closely to you know to the Louisa horses to the Frenchman horse horses and and uh so anyways to answer your question I, I think that there was a tremendous amount of validity that, that come uh, when Sunfrost came along and I think his timing was fit my dad very good for what he was looking for and obviously uh, felt like that was a, a very legitimate uh, stud to start with on on the new venture you know breeding breeding forward from you know the the early 80s
1: so you, Brie, you had made a Facebook post uh, maybe last year and it was about, um, Ty, basically you have spent more time around Sunfrost than anybody from the time that he was even a young two-year-old in riding them and cutting on him. So tell us a little bit like what it was to have a horse of, you know, his caliber. And when did you kind of realize like, we might have something here?
2: Um, Kayla, to be, to be very, very fair, that whole plan, j- just so I'm crystal clear, I'm just one of the guys. Okay. The, the, Pat Cowan would have definitely been the pilot to okay. what, what started all of this. And, uh, um, anyways, it, it, uh, the, the run and gun horse, Kayla, I got to ride and rodeo off of him. So I definitely was familiar with the capabilities of that horse as an individual, also the quick draw Klein was a horse that we bulldogged off of. And to be frank with you, Kayla, I never was very good at bulldogging, but I got there so much quicker than than, than most of them did that I had a lot of extra time to do it. So, so I, I, I ended up being somewhat successful there simply because I was mounted so well. And um, you know, the, the those horses um, you know, to be very frank with you, you could tell that they, that there was something different about those. And when Sunfrost come along, uh, you know, the character of that horse, um, you know, was, was phenomenal. I mean, you, the running gun horse, you, you have swore that guy was, knew what you were thinking. Likewise with Quick Drop Klein or Marco Docker was the other one that, that we roped calves on, but, but the Sunfrost, from the from the time he was on his mother, that that horse had a you know had a look to him that was just different. You know what I mean? And,
0: mm-hmm. and, and
2: maybe, uh, and maybe fair to be to be you know maybe even a more powerful look in his eye than than what the other horses did. And, and that may have been the fact of him getting to stay a stud or whatever. But he he had a powerful sense of presence, if that makes sense. And. So when he was, when he was, uh, dad brought him home, uh, off the mare in the fall of, uh, who 79, I think. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And, um, anyways, the long and the short of it was, is, uh, they did this and that, you know, as, as a weanling and a yearling was doing stuff and Clarence had come over, Clarence Stanley had come over and was talking to dad and, uh, they had decided they wanted to cut off of him. And this horse is a long yearling, right we are not two yet and in our deal in our our state, the high school rodeo is um you know the the mid may first part of june something like that so so this horse would general you know would would without a doubt be a two year old not two and a half not two you know he would be we we fall in may and uh so anyways i i uh you know, th- these guys had done some things that uh, were quite interesting before. And so th- they decide that, that, that they're going to make a cutting horse out of him. And then they decide that it would be a good idea for me to cut off of him in high school. And, and you know, and th- this is a two-year-old. you follow me?
0: <laughs> yeah. So those guys <laughs> get
2: him going and they do the deal and they're cutting, you know, they're bringing him on. And and uh, ha- had uh, had a tremendous amount of cow in him. So long and the short of it, Kayla, is I did get to cut off of him as a two-year-old at the regional rodeo. Uh, things went well. We made it to the state deal, and uh, uh, the first round went extremely well. And the second round, uh, we were getting along well, and a cow hit. I call it race car flags, them, them triangle-colored flags. She 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 had hit the fence, and those flags come out away from the fence. And and anyways, he lost track of the cow. And anyway, so we, we that's as far as we went. But we didn't make it that far. And uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, in the two-year-old deal, when we was getting ready to go to the regional deal, he had gotten part of his tail aid off. And my dad about had a coronary. And uh, so anyways, we ended up taking hair out of uh, an old Palomino gilding. And, and super gluing it (laughs) on the sun frost tail. And, uh, the, the reason that that was, you know, it it was, it was just all part of the story. And, um, you, if you look at, at, there's one or two of them pictures of that when we're cutting on him as a two year old, if you looked at it and somebody told you that you could see that super glue shine and otherwise it it was actually (laughs) a pretty good job, um, But, but anyways, anyways, that, you know, uh, up to that point, by the time we got to where we were cutting off of him, Kayla, you, you, you definitely had a feeling. And I'm certain that my dad and Stanley did that, uh, this was not a normal individual.
1: He just had that presence about him from the beginning. That's, I mean, that's amazing that you were hauling him to high school rodeos as, as a two-year-old.
2: Well, and it, it uh, um, you know, w- without a doubt, and and I'll be real, Frank Kayla, At the time, I, I, being around Dad and Stanley, that you know, looking back on it, you know, it was absolutely crazy. You follow me? Them guys didn't think so. Heck, that was just how they, you know, that, that they decided to do it, and that's how it went, and and uh, and and that's how it did go. So to me, at the time, it really didn't seem that crazy. Looking back on it, I'm, you know, I'm thinking that might have been a little western.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not something you're gonna go do today. So tell us about um, Bri. You'd posted a picture of a, or a story of Sunfrost getting injured as a three year old, and I mean almost that being the end of him. What did he do? He ran into a fence post.
2: Kayla, what had happened is. Um... That, uh, the spring of his three-year-old year, year, they had had, uh, um, it was springtime and the mares were starting to cycle and, and so on and so forth. And inadvertently, uh, someone had put him in a pen next to a set of mares and it was sucker rod, you know, welded sucker rod with, uh, um, braces, sucker rod welded up and down in the center of it. Uh, of the, you know, of, of the fence. And so if you got a 10-foot piece of, you know, six rows of sucker rod, then there would be three smaller sucker rod braces welding up and down. Well, anyways, he tried to climb the fence. Uh, there was a horse and mare on the other side, and one of the top welds broke, and uh, and then it broke away from the main sucker rod, and it went right up on the inside of his back left thigh and, and out the top of his hip. So when we found him, he, he's laying one weld off the ground with a uh, three, three quarter inch piece of sucker rod running plumb through his hip. And uh, looking back on it, I realize, realize now that my dad certainly thought that that sucker rod had went right through his stifle. And, um, so when we find him, we literally got to get a tractor to get him lifted up off of there. And it, you know, it, it was, it was, um, uh, you know, pretty dramaful and, uh, somewhere in the middle of that, my, my dad had sent somebody to get a thirty thirty, uh, simply because he knew that horse wasn't going to stand. you know, wasn't going to be, if, if it wrecked the stifle, the, the deal was over. And, uh, so I, I, it, some of my sisters uh, happened to be there that day and they were talking about, uh, um, you know, when my dad said something about the gun, uh, them girls had, uh, them girls had uh, you know, said, hey, hold on, you know, actually somebody went and got the gun and then the girls got involved. And uh, when we lifted that horse up off that sucker rod and, and they, they stood him back up, the horse stood on that leg. So their their dad's reaching in this humongous hole and realizes that it did not hit the stifle. So his deal was he was gonna shoot him on the ground and them girls talked him into letting him at least, you know, stand him up and seeing how much trouble we were in. But it was that close to that whole deal being done.
1: I mean, what thank goodness your sisters were there that day. I feel like our industry would wouldn't be the same. Had that day have gone different
2: uh, I, I've certainly thought that thought myself Kayla
1: I mean how crazy did he ever come back to being used after that or did he move to stud duty from there
2: Kayla uh, for the most part uh, what had happened which which I thought was interesting as as a as a young fellow then is he took and he put a he, he put an old uh, um, high fork saddle on that horse and and put a huge amount of blankets on him and stuck a stick through the the fork of that saddle and 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 tied it up there grilled a hole through the stick stuck it through the fork and then put leather and tied it around the swells and offset that stick over the top of that left hip and then took a sack of ice and he would drain that, but then they'd they'd hang that ice on him. That ice would drip through him. And I, I don't know how many, how long them girls did that, but, but for probably three or four weeks and they would unsaddle him, give him a bath and whatnot. After he got through with that, uh, you know, basically once that healed that horse, uh, that horse never really did take an unsound step. You know, it was just basically, uh, um, you know needed to heal and once it healed then they rode him again we rode him again and and cut off of him but after that he definitely his main job was being a stud dad started breeding to him when when uh, i think his first first colt crop would have been in 83 and kayla he'd have had three or four colts uh, born in 83 and then and then went on from there and once he started breeding him they rode him and, and fussed with him but never hauled him any place
1: that's amazing. I wish, you would have ha- I wish we would have a picture of that. And I almost feel like that is probably an indicator of the grittiness that is passed down through his foals and grand get today. I mean, because everybody knows what the Sunfrost line is, you know, they are gritty. They are hardy. They, you know, are very, very tough. And it sounds like that was a perfect example of it.
2: Um, and, and, Kayla being involved with that horse and getting to ride as many of them as we did, uh, you know, th- that, that would be so true. Them horses got a tremendous amount of character. They, they, uh, uh, you know, and my dad called it stay in power and, um, you know, in visiting with Sherry Servey or, or whatever, that's one of the things that, that, that gene pool, you know, different people have said that, that they will fire as hard at the, fifth rodeo as they do the first one and uh and without a doubt I can testify to that them horses can you know they're just tough
1: so let's talk about that a little bit because you have obviously been around probably more Sunfrost direct foals than anybody um how are his foals to train because in, especially now in the days of social media I feel like, you know, some people will be like, oh, you know, the sun frost ones are just hard to ride or they're hard to break or they have this reputation of being hard to handle. And I think that comes from people that may not understand how they work. I mean, how smart they are and how gritty they are. So tell us a little bit about how it was to be around them and if there were any quirks or you know, things you learned to make them more successful going down the line.
2: That, uh, um, that's interesting, Kayla, because it is, I, I've heard what you've heard and, and, you know, throughout his life and mine. And it, it's interesting because if you, if you went down through our kids, Jill and I's kids, uh, you know, hell, they, they started them you know what I mean? If Repipes in here, she, she started them. And, uh, although I would tell you that I am her biggest fan and these kids is biggest fan, but, but let me help you. They're not Billy. <laughs> Elbauer, okay. You know, so they, they, uh, you know, they, they would have done it how a, a young group of kids would have with help. And, uh, you know, the, the, the quote, my dad, and I've never, ever forgot it, Kayla, be damn careful what you teach him because whether it's right or wrong, they're going to learn it. And, and that is so true with the Sunfrost horses. And uh, I do, I smile if I hear this or that about them being one way or the other, because uh, in my lifetime, Kayla, the, the good hands absolutely loved mm-hmm. them, you know, and, and got along great with them. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to tell you that they're a little different uh, cup of tea, but, but they are, you know, d- dad hit at best. Be careful what you teach them.
1: And I, I just, I think that's so true. I mean, I, I have a Frenchman's fabulous daughter. So, I mean, a down the line a little ways. Um, but I know, you know, closely bred to De Niro. And I feel like some of those horses are told to have those traits of, you know, it, they're harder to handle. And I've a hundred percent learned that it's, it's me. And it's just because the horse is way smarter than I am. Like, once I learned how to, like, fix me, that horse is, like, on it 100%. Um, and so I just found that interesting because, Bree, you you had shared a picture of Sunfrost, and it was the same thing, you know. if Unless you've ridden a lot of them, it's hard to have an opinion on them, but their intelligence sometimes is misunderstood,
3: Um because they just well, very, and uh, so I'll chime in on that part is that you know, my whole life that's all we rode, you know, since I the only horses I've ever rode have been sun bred, so I didn't, you know, I've had opinions this way and that way, and I thought, and then um, somewhere down the line, I got to riding for the general public, and I, you know, and I would say, you know, sun frost this way, but that's all I rode, so I really didn't have a comparison, and then I started taking in some outside horses, and I was like, Oh, okay. I can definitely say, you know, these horses are half the time. They're three steps quicker. They, you can't drill on them. They, they're, and I wouldn't even, you know, they're not really submissive horses. They want to be your partner, not underneath you. And so that's, that's kind of where I've had, you know, I've been used to riding it. And of course I didn't, I had nothing to compare it. So, so when I started taking those outside horses, that was, and I was like, okay, so I can understand where people might, see these horses a little bit different because they're not, you know, they, they're very talented and they know it. And So where, where a lot of people really struggled that I have visited with outside of our camp is, you know, they tried to drill them and they tried to do this and they don't, they don't really, you know, they don't want to see it 10,000 times. Show it to me once and I got it. And so I think, you know, people just are used to having to do that that they, you know, they do that to them horses and they maybe get them agitated and then they'd get hard to work with. But yeah, the first couple of times they're like, okay, I got it. I don't need to do this anymore. A
1: hundred percent
3: that I I
1: have lived that story. And I mean, I, I get it. Um, so I just wanted to, to ask about that. You know, they're, they're just so they're so capable and they're just, they're smart. They're, they're a new level of smart. And I also think that's why I feel like they handle the rodeo so well um, because they think things through, they handle the ground, you know, they're tough. And so do you see a lot of horses? I mean, you guys have grown up on them, but trending more to the rodeo or did you try to do a lot with their younger
3: when when they were younger um i you know we rodeoed on and it seems to be like that's their success and that is the deal you know it the rodeo stuff it's tough and gritty and that's what it really comes down to and they've had some good success in the fraternity world too in the barrel side you know and the roping and stuff but it it seems like you know them horses are just so they really don't they do care but like we've talked about there's some different there's some different breeds that we've tried to incorporate in and it's been really interesting bringing new blood into our program because for what dad a lot of years we just kind of had, you know, the sun, frost, stock, soaked sugar stuff, and then a few outlying. And so when we brought in some of the running bread stuff, then we started to understand the, the true running bread. You're like, okay, here's the difference. But you know, these, like you talked about the running and thinking as fast as they can run, I think is a big part of where these horses, they're just so good minded that they, they can handle different situations.
2: I I would definitely agree with that, Kayla, that that, uh, you know, the majority of these horses, what we've learned over the past few years or number of years is that, uh, um, you know, we are very, very willing and it's been a very successful venture is we want that to work as much or more than the buyers Mm -hmm. do. Right. So we are very willing to try to help them uh, you know, and give them as many tools as we can to make this horse, um, you know, as successful as we can. And, you know, the one thing that, that, that I think is very, very interesting, the toughest job that we have is, uh, being disciplined enough to put these horses into the right places. And not that we know it all, but we've definitely got a good feel for, you know what, what these horses are, and, and consequently you'll you'll figure out what type of people and and uh, you know where are the best places to put them and, and uh, meaning to sell them to and and uh, we we look at it or at least I do like you've got an NFL football team and they're all young guys and you want them all to get to play. Well, the key to that is is putting them into the right places to giving them the very best chance to get to do that.
1: And I think that's just so important. And some people, you know, don't, may not think about that if their end goal is, you know, the fraternities versus the rodeos. You know, some lines adapt better. Um, I didn't mean to quite take us all the way down that rabbit hole, but I just think it's so interesting. And, you know, the more I'm learning, but I want to go back just a little bit because I didn't realize until just recently that the PC, in some of these horses' names is from your dad, Pat. So tell us a little bit about, like, for example, the sale that PC Frenchman's heyday went through. I mean, once again, one of those deals that has changed our industry.
2: (laughs) They, they, uh, the that winter, that winter, Kayla was very, very tough, rough winter in South Dakota. And, uh, anyways, it, it, uh, you know, frankly was probably the worst winter that I'd ever been through since, you know, prior or since. And, uh, anyways, it, it, it created a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of hardship and a lot of dead cattle. And, uh, you know, the, the weather was just, you know, unless you had been there, you wouldn't believe it type of winter. And, um, so spring come and uh we decided that uh we we had some horses around and, and and we had we had taxed the horse deal a bit but more you know more for the ranch deal and and keep in mind coming up through there that deal was a bit tough in the middle of all of that and um so anyways uh Mel potter had called and and uh had definitely showed an interest in heyday and uh so he had actually been up there oh, two or three times. He and Ed Wright had come up and looked at the horse and, and uh, uh, rode the horse, rode Heyday and whatnot. And, and uh, so anyways, the long and the short of it is Mel Potter was way more worried about d- doing the right thing and pricing him right. You know, I, we didn't know what he was worth. Mel didn't know what he was worth. And so we were trying to figure out what's the best way to price this horse. In the interim, Torque and Treg and I decide that uh, you know we, we 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 maybe should have a horse sale. You know we, we should uh, you know put some of these horses together and and have a horse sale. And and Kayla, that would have been and Jay George could tell us. I am just guessing um, that 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 would have been around the mid July. Okay. okay? And uh, I think the 20th of October, you know, we, we had a horse sale and everybody involved says, you, Ty, that's not long enough. And I'm like, well, wh- that's what we're going to do. So you know, either get in or, or we'll go find somebody else. So I call Mel and I said, Mel, I figured out how we're going to figure out what heyday's worth. And he said, good. He said, how are we going to do it? And I said, well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to have a horse sale and he's in it. And Mel said, that'll do it. That'll do it. And, so, anyways, the long and the short of it is is that's how uh, that that's that's how that happened, and and um, you know it, it was interesting the whole tour with Heyday because someone had asked me, a number of people had asked me, did you ever regret selling him to Mel, you know, and and getting Sherry to write him? And I said, let me think. Nope, I sure didn't. Yeah, without without a doubt.
1: That I mean, just just the thought of you know a couple decisions and what they've meant to our industry so tell us a little bit about the current status of t4 quarter horses and kind of you know how you watch sun Frost's, um i guess stud career go and you know where has it led you guys to today
2: um the one thing that i find terrifically interesting kayla is is uh how prepotent and how powerful mm-hmm. his genetics are. And um it uh and you do you you start to if you're me, if you're us, you start to look for things that aren't normal in, in the babies and in the crosses. And when uh you know we we, we had boondocks John who is freaking boondocks on, on that side of that deal. Uh, dad had him. Doc oak sugar uh, you know, and a number of them horses, and you, you do. You look at the history on, on what happened, and, you know, it was amazing to me, although I didn't know it at the time, on how well them horses crossed amongst yep. each other. You follow me? Sunfrost on the Docks Oak Sugar Mares, Sunfrost on the Boondocks John Mares, Boondocks John on the Sunfrost, you know, and how well and how fortunate we were that them horses actually crossed you know that well and and you know you you get into uh you know what Sunfrost had done well you know Boondocks John and Docs Sugar were probably in my opinion as far as the stud side of things the best supporting actors that 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 we could have had you know and uh, you know the Boondocks John brings a lot of gritty to the table uh uh you know and, and brings just a lot of good common sense horse to the table and, and likes that wise with Doc's Oak Sugar. And, uh, you know, so, so my point is I always chuckle a bit. Jill and I will, will uh, our, our crew, Bree and Hayden and, and uh, the rest of them ha- have got an idea that we should breed to these horses and whatnot. And uh, the one thing that I'm positive about on this gene pool is, is that you definitely got to, there's a reason that these new horses or these other horses work some of them work on this gene pool and that is because our gene pool you know is is very very tight and uh you know the percentage of predictability as far as we're concerned on these mares well and it's is, cool that um, and i've talked to our know, people is, is, is that you know to me
3: my grandpa his dad pat rode the originals my dad got to start the you know the middles and then i get to start this generation so to sit down and have that conversation about probably 90% of our broodmare herd, you know, we can talk generations and generations back, you know, of how this mare works, how they ride, how they cross. You know, to me, that's a a huge asset to our program and a big part of why that predictability is there because all, you know, all three of us had touched, rode, and experienced what those horses could do. I mean, and
1: Today's world, you know, the the predictability of it, like that's what, that's what you want, you know, any edge to be able, it's so competitive, no matter what event you're in, um, you know, that predictability just is, is what somebody wants. Right. So um, I won't keep too much more of your time. I'm sure we could talk for hours on this, but Bree, I kind of want your thoughts. You know, you see a lot more of, you know, the, barrel bred horses or, you know, the social media aspect and, you know, people like almost, I don't necessarily say it like this, but the fads, you know, people kind of going after the latest and greatest thing versus you have a program that has been in the works for 50 years. Kind of what Mm -hmm. does that mean to you being able to, you know, go from that and just operate in today's barrel horse industry?
3: I think the older I get, the more I appreciate that. But there's a cute story behind that or to that is that, you know, we have you know, you're trying to you. To, at to some point, you have to incorporate that new thing into your program. And so I was going to educate my dad on how the West was won. I was like, well, you got to have this and this to make this work and this and this. And I told him, and there was a horse sale going on that had a lot of hot bread stuff to it. And it was, and so I told him, I was like, we're going to go to this and I'm going to show you how this works. <laughs> and, and to cut the story short, on the way home, I had my tail between my legs and I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe I was wrong. But the cool thing, you know, it truly is the the history behind this program and all of the thing and you're right, the small, tiny decisions that led to where we are today and uh the quality of these horses. And the more I, you know, I've been going south, this will be my third year in Texas, and just getting out and seeing the world and the different programs and stuff, it it truly is very humbling, very cool. Uh something awesome to be a part of. So I've I've really really enjoyed having a small piece to this puzzle, but you know, we've bred, we we're very, we've been very particular. Like my mom went and found judge cash because she, you know, we don't just pick a stud and go for it. She does a lot of research and stuff, you know, behind the scenes on, will this work? Um, what have other horses crossed, you know? And so that's, we went to judge cash because of Louie, because of the doc silk part of it. And he has fit our program perfect because those horses are big, they're strong, they're built, right. They can make it on the ranch. Um, and and they've been they've been doing really well and so the same we've done a couple other crosses we have some epic leaders i went and we visited with christy schiller and obviously he's the latest and greatest hottest thing going and he's you know we went and did our homework i went and visited with christy she you know had we went to her ranch did a great tour there it was awesome those guys are great we went and looked at epic leader he's a great horse standing there and those colts on the ground um have been super nice. We're very excited about them. And you know, sometimes when you cross that hotter stuff, you worry about their mind and those babies have been have been we are very very excited about that too. So, it's kind of fun to to add those new things in, but it's easier to do it when you know, you know, okay, let's try it on this mare because all the way back, here's what we are pretty positive is going to happen out of that. You know, versus shooting in the dark, but so we're excited where things are going. It's been fun.
1: That is so exciting. And I guess uh, the podcast wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk about Bozo, probably yeah. one of the most famous Sunfrost foals out there. Um, tell us a little bit what it was like, Ty, watching Christy win on this Sunfrost sun. I mean, what, what did that kind of mean to you? And you know, what did that do for your program?
2: without a doubt it was the launching of the first missile you know that that uh put put sud Frost on the map and uh you know it, and you know by by that time uh you know at that time they 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 were not televising all of that right so we would follow that all the way through the deal and, and very very excited and uh we would go rent a motel room because we didn't get the channel that the nfr was on so we would go and uh rent the two motel rooms we put the kids in one room and then jill and i would go to the other one to watch the, the, the rodeo and uh w- without a doubt it, it uh, you know it, it, you know christy done an absolutely great job um you know and uh the, you know the rest is history and you you look at to me Kayla you look at what those horses have done and uh whether it's bozo Heyday, sister uh stingray uh, you know what i mean to where billy Bauer stud uh you know you you look at you know h- how all of those horses had had come along and, uh, you know, if, if you're me, it's amazing, you know, it, it's, it's amazing on how, you know, where Bozo started and, uh, you know, where where the, the, that yellow horse has all been. And, uh, you know, the other thing that, uh, you know, that, that I think is impressive is, you know, I believe that if you look at the arena record at the NFR, for the most consecutive rounds placed in, in a row, it's Bozo. And, uh, I think number two is Stingray, you know, and, and what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means to me. It means that them horses obviously got a lot of staying power and, uh, you know, you, you've got to be, you got to kind of have your act together to do that 10 times in a row. And, uh, you know, and it could not have, it could not have humbled me and, and, and made me softly smile at, you know, at Haley Kinzel's deal this last week, and uh, you know while that's going on, Kayla, there there was a girl uh, 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 that 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 won the average in the junior NFR, and then I think she might have tipped a barrel in the short goal, but but the horse did very very well. That that was a PC horse, and uh, you know another one that won the pole bending at the Patriots. <laughs> And you know, and we're setting up here in South Dakota, you know, where it's colder than Billy Hell. And uh, you, you know, I, you know, Breland called me at midnight, and we were talking about that. And it, it uh, you know, it's it's phenomenal. And and the other thing, mm-hmm. as Haley's doing her thing, you know, that all ties back to all of them horses. And and uh, you know, you you when Haley won the American the first time. Uh, you know ronnie jill had talked to ronnie stewart the royal Shakem guy and and we had done some stuff and bred some mares to him and then we got the opportunity to lease that horse and uh so now we're getting the opportunity to breed royal Shakem to these sun frost daughters and uh you know i th- there's just something you know there there's just something cool about that you know what i mean to where. You, you take that and then to Yeah, have her, I mean that is done. An, it's, it's incredible a very very exciting thing I us.
1: mean obviously those genetics work and you know that that's kind of why this podcast I you know just reached out to Brie last week but you know watching Kaylee do what she did and I just wanted to go all the way back kind of to the start of that and that start was Sunfrost.
2: Well, it, it uh I can tell you I can tell you this Kayla. it's uh when you sat down and look at, uh, you know, Jessica wrote here and all of the sunfrost stuff that that happens, you know, whether it's the BFA, whether it's the NFR or whatnot, you know, I do. Bree did a deal the other day, and uh, it, it would be very, very fun to sat down and visit with my dad for ten minutes because I'll promise you, as 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 a young boy, you know, he he talked about you know, the diversity and, and, uh, you know, he was a big proponent of, of youth kids and, and would do whatever, you know, whatever he could to help them. And, uh, you know, it just, it just Mm -hmm. part of bringing up them other horses that run down there in Texas was, you know, the young girls, he, he would have, you know, he would have absolutely loved that. And and he, he would have certainly loved to watch Haley Kinzel without a doubt. My point is, is that that is that is it's exactly incredible. what he was talking well, about you, both you so know much 35 much years for ago your
1: time and sharing the story and I can't wait to share Sunfrost story with everybody else
3: thanks for having us thanks Kayla
1: all right
0: bye Going into 2021, we're looking to keep improving this little podcast. Keep sending us requests and ideas, and we will keep going after guests. Thank you, Bree and Ty, and to all of our past and future guests. Stay tuned to see who Kayla gets to sit down with next. Happy holidays to everyone and safe travels. We'll see you soon.